This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. I remember a few years ago, in fact, it was 2017, Hurricane Harvey devastated Southeast Texas and beyond. And the town that I grew up in, Beaumont, Texas, where my parents live, my two brothers still live in that area, my parents lost their home. And I remember the first time we went to visit after that, we went to their home but couldn't stay in their home. I remember walking into the front door of what had been their foyer, and the home was just destroyed, but everything was gone. It was this it was this place where there used to be so many memories, and now it's just this hollow space. You could stand in the entryway and look through the entire house. It was just the wooden studs. Everything else had been ripped out. But I did notice, as we walked on back and walked into the family room, in the corner on the floor were some dishes. On the opposite wall on the floor were some papers and some books that were swollen because they'd been like a sponge with all that water, and of course, they were destroyed. And I thought about what it must have been like to be there and trying to get out. And I heard my dad and my brothers and their families talk about what it was like to try to get out as the water was rising because it wasn't, it wasn't the wind that destroyed their home. It was the water. In Houston, which is about an hour away, they had released a dam because they were concerned about what was happening. But in releasing that dam, while they protected many homes, it would then destroy other homes. The power of water, if you think about it, something that can be refreshing, but can also be devastating. And I saw the result of what happened in their home and and the homes in their neighborhood. And even today, that was 2017, even today, it's still not the same. Even today, that community is not fully rebuilt. This morning, we are continuing in this series, The Beatitudes, and we're looking at a very unique verse that that is going to feel counterintuitive to how we think we should live. It's the third Beatitude that we're looking at this morning. And in the Beatitudes, remember Jesus, it's his most popular, most famous teaching he ever taught. And he begins with giving us eight ways, eight things that are essential. If if you want to be... have a fulfilling kind of happiness in your life, these eight ingredients you have to bring into your life. And so God tells us, hey, here's how you can be happy in life, which lets me know God really does care if we're happy or not. But the one we come to today is somewhat unique because it it, it seems the opposite of what we should do. Here's the verse. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek? I mean, I mean, wouldn't it make sense if it said blessed are the ambitious? Blessed are those who live with passion. Blessed are those who, who chase opportunity. But, but blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. I, I think it's important to understand what that word meek means. It does not mean weak. Meek literally means to be gentle, patient, not given to anger or resentment. To be meek is to be gentle. And the same word that was used in this passage for meek is the word and the phrase in the original language that would also paint the picture of a wild stallion that has been tamed. 
And so a tamed and trained stallion has no less power than a wild stallion. Its power has just been focused to fulfill and do what the trainer wants it to do. And so meek has nothing to do with being weak. It actually has to do with power under control. So Jesus said, you and I can have power under control in our lives. Meekness is not, I sign up to be run over by everybody. Meekness is not, I have no opinions about everything. Meekness is power under control. But meekness is an act of obedience. This is not something that comes naturally to us. Because often who we are in our lives, the power that we have in circumstances, we, we want to express that. And so sometimes we, we jump into discussions that become arguments or we feel passionate about things and we dive in. And have you ever noticed somebody that, that dives into a conversation and then they kind of lose self-control and they let their temper take over and their passion is ignited? And that conversation happens in such a way that when it is over, nobody is convinced and everybody is mad. That's our natural tendency, but Jesus said, if you want to live a life of fulfilling happiness, if you want to live a life beyond what most people will experience, the way to do that is to be meek. And if, when you're meek, he blesses you in a way that you inherit the earth. What does that mean, to be meek? I remember a few years ago, Angie and I went to Phoenix, Arizona for the very first time. I'd never been to Phoenix before, and we actually went in the summer And the thing that is so striking to me, what I remember the most is how hot it was. In fact, I remember one particular day, it was 108 degrees. Now, the minute I started talking about this, some of you that have been to Phoenix, or maybe you're watching, you live in Phoenix, your response is, yeah, but yeah, but it's dry heat. The heat's dry there. No, 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 no. Heat at 108 degrees is heat. I thought my fingers were melting. I've never been so hot. In fact, we would get out of the pool to try to sit by the pool. We literally couldn't be out of the pool for 60 seconds. We had to get back in. I've never experienced heat like that. But one thing I saw that that I'd never also experienced before, I remember we went to a restaurant one evening, and as we walked in, I thought, oh, is it starting to rain? And it wasn't rain. There were misters in the roof line that as you're walking in would, would spray this mist to cool people down. And what I noticed is every business, every restaurant, everywhere you went, there were these misters that would bring this, this cool, refreshing mist because it was so hot. Hey, meekness, one of the things it does in my life, when I'm cool, it makes life calm. When I'm cool, it makes life calm. Have you ever noticed, because we all have so many different opinions, And there are some issues that are extremely polarizing. And have you ever noticed when we begin to discuss those issues, or maybe in a family, when when an argument gets ignited, there's that spark that starts the argument. You're sitting in the room, and two people are talking, and all of a sudden, one says that thing, that that thing that you know, okay, now, now we're going somewhere. They say something, that spark creates a flame, and the argument begins. Have you ever noticed when you're in an argument, if the other person raises their voice, you raise your voice. If they continue to get louder, you get even louder. Because we mirror people. We do it all the time. If you're walking in your neighborhood and somebody's walking across the street and you're, you, you, you look at each other, if, if that person smiles at you, you're going to smile back. But if they ignore you, most of the time we just kind of act like we didn't see them. We just keep walking because we tend to mirror each other. So meekness is when I'm in the argument If the other person's volume goes up, mine goes down. 
Because when you're cool, it makes life calm. You're able, I'm able to de-escalate that scenario. It's not that I've lost my passion. It's not that I don't believe everything I'm going to argue about. It's just, I want to do it in a way that influences the other person and helps them understand. And nobody understands you when you're yelling. I think about social media, things people put up on social media. If you're ranting and yelling and going off, it doesn't change anybody's mind. But if you have a calm approach where you can communicate and discuss still with passion, you can be passionate and be calm, still with passion, discuss the things you want to discuss. It makes a difference. The Bible says in Proverbs, the book of wisdom, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. What would happen in your life, in my life? What would happen in our relationships, in our family? What would happen in your marriage or in your parenting? And parents, this is huge to begin to set a pace to teach your kids what this looks like. If we just became softer in our tone, not changing what we believe, what we value, but but softer in how we communicate. Could there be, would there be more understanding, more coming together? Could we have conversations that would be more meaningful and last beyond a moment of of a flame that's ignited to something that's life-changing? There's another thing about meekness that I think it's important to understand. The greater the meekness in my life, the greater the influence from my life. The more meek you are, the more meek I am, the greater influence we can have on other people. Have you ever been in a meeting with someone and maybe someone where you work? There's that person that's always loud. They're always boisterous. They always make sure everybody knows their opinion, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. You know what I've noticed? Nobody really pays attention to the loudest person in the room. Nobody pays a lot of attention to the loudest person in the room. And and the loudest person in the room is never seen as the wisest person in the room often. When the meeting is over and everybody walks out, I've noticed nobody quotes what the loud guy said. What they do say is, that was just Bob. That was just Don. Because when you and I live a life that's loud and we're throwing our opinions out and we're, we're igniting and starting these little flames all over and trying to, to spark people into conversations, when we live in a way that it creates conflict in how we approach things, it does not bring lasting harmony and change in the relationship. But if we're in the boardroom and we're discussing an idea and there's a difference of opinions, when we're meek, people lean in. People tend to listen more. You tend to be more heard, which increases your influence. The Bible says in Proverbs 25, a gentle tongue can break a bone. The most powerful thing in the world is not what you're going to hit the bone with to break it. What's more powerful is a gentle tongue. Not absent passion, not absent conviction. But but the question is in the conversations you're having, Are you wanting to win an argument or do you want to see lasting results? Because there's two entirely different approaches in how we do that. And so when it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your parenting, when it comes to your friendships, if you come in hot every time, you're going to lose influence, not gain influence. Proverbs 16 says, good judgment proves that you're wise. And if, if you speak kindly, you can teach others. If you speak kindly, you you speak in such a way 
that it's going to benefit the lives of other people, and you'll be able to teach them something. The loud mouth never teaches anybody anything. But if you speak kindly, you can teach others. If you want to be persuasive, you can't be abrasive. If you want to be persuasive in conversations that you have about things that you think or what you believe, you can't be abrasive. Another thing I notice about meekness, when people like what they see, they'll listen to what we say. When people are drawn to us and how we handle conversations that even may be tense and, and how we engage people, they'll listen more to what we say. In 1950, Mother Teresa launched an organization of missionaries, the missionaries that that would help people. I've been to India, and it doesn't matter whether you go to the southern tip of India in Trivandrum, or you go to northeast India in Shillong, or, or, or you fly into Bombay, which is called Mumbai. Whether you're in central India in Mumbai, southern in Trivandrum, or northeast in Shillong, I've been to all, and everywhere the reputation is of Mother Teresa is renowned, but not just in India, all over the world. When I've been in Africa, or I've been in Germany, or I've been in Moldova, Mother Teresa is a name and a person that is known around the globe. And how did she influence so many? How did she make such a difference in so many lives? She was fighting oppression. She was fighting for those who were poor and in poverty. She was doing everything that she could to help those that were hurting. But she did it from a position of meekness. So in 1979, she won the Nobel Peace Prize. In 1985, she got the Presidential Award for Freedom. And we all know the lasting impact that Mother Teresa had on planet Earth. Now, the thing about Mother Teresa, she was barely five feet tall. You're never small when you're large in love. You're never small when you're large in love. So the people that you know and how you carry yourself, how you handle yourself, the conversations that you engage in, the people that, they, that you know, if they could describe you, they, they may say a lot of things about you, but would one of those things, would any of those things be, man, that person loves. They love in a big way. Other people matter to them. Hey, if you're a Christ follower, especially a Christ follower in leadership. Titus chapter three, verse two says, they must not speak, speaking of Christ followers, they must not speak evil of anyone, nor quarrel, but be gentle and truly courteous to all. It's the example of how Jesus lived. He showed us how to do this. Colossians chapter four, verse five says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. And that word outsiders literally means people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, people that are not Christ followers, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. I remember years ago, Angie and I, our kids, we were visiting a church in another state, and the pastor's entire message that morning was on how bad people are that don't go to church. People that are not in church. And I remember him describing his drive to church, and he would talk about how he drives by and somebody's mowing their lawn or somebody's washing the car, and those heathens, they aren't in church. Are are you kidding me? And what was, what was amazing to me is after the message, we were leaving, and the pastor stood at the back door and was shaking everybody's hands. And I remember people saying to him, man, that was bold, pastor. Man, we, we thank God for a courageous pastor. Courageous? 
You just spoke in a room where everybody agrees with you. That's not courageous. And you're leading and teaching people to view other people as less than and not good enough. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. The Bible says that it is love that has the power to change people's lives. And the moment we step into classifying people or looking down on people because they're not like us or they don't do what we like, that is not pleasing to God. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. I wonder if part of the reason many churches struggle in making an impact in their community and reaching people who don't know Jesus is because the church is not viewed as loving at all, but it's viewed as being judgmental. And if we become like that, that's called sin. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity right now. Right now. What are your opportunities? The people that you will see this week, the people that you will engage with, starting in your home with the people that you're related to, how could you show more love? If you're already back at work and no longer working from home and you're in the office, How could you show more love and not just to people that we think deserve it? It's when you and I as followers of Jesus love the people that other people have called unlovable or unlikable that it has the most profound impact because then that's authentic love, not convenient love. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. What does that mean? It means when you live like this, when I live like this, we gain relationships We have more influence. We impact people's lives more at a greater level. And so we inherit those relationships around us. We inherit the communities around us. You inherit the earth because you become a person of influence. People know how you feel. People know where you stand. People know what you believe. But do they know you love them? Because when the power that you and I have, is harnessed and pointed in the direction of loving people. There's nothing more powerful on planet earth. So do the people you're connected with and the people I'm connected with know that you love them? We can never, we can never truly love people until we experience the love of a God who is perfect, yet invites us to call him father. See, the only way we can truly do this and experience the eight things Jesus talked about and truly live a happy life beyond happiness, a blessed life, is if we're a follower of Christ. And so maybe as you're watching today, as you think about your own life and the things that you you know you have shortcomings, we all do. You know the areas that you continually mess mess up. You you know the promises that you've broken yourself when you said, man, I'm going to do this better and I'm going to improve over here and it hasn't happened. And you, you, you sort of begin to live in that kind of defeated posture of wondering if you'll ever be able to do it. And sometimes you, you, you have that feeling and you think, man, I can, and you try again, but then you let yourself down. Hey, you and I will never be who we'd love to be until we know God in a personal way. Ultimately, it's the only thing that matters in life. So today, right now, while you're watching this video, today, do you know Jesus in a personal way? Have you committed your life to Christ? If you've never taken that step, I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer. I'd love to lead you in a prayer 
where you surrender your life to Christ and you experience what it is to know God in a personal way. If you'd like to do that, just pray this simple prayer. Bow your head, close your eyes, and just say, Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life and forgive my sin. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.